I'm Priya Suchdeva, your host at Running Diary Show. Your journey to connect with ideas, stories, experiences and people and get a deeper understanding of the world around you starts now. Today I'm connected to Rajiv Satyal, who is a Los Angeles-based comedian and host. His TV clean act has made him one of the most versatile comedians working today. Rajiv has some interesting claims to the fame. He opened for the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in front of 17,000 people. He made the massively viral I am Indian video which has been seen over 15 million times shared by Bollywood Hollywood stars and used to introduce the Indian Prime Minister in Shanghai and Dubai. Rajiv is the only person ever to perform stand-up comedy on all seven continents and even co-created the world touring make chai not war a hindu muslim stand up show this man is all about fun comedy love peace and being indian really excited to have a great chat on his life on the comedy business and anything related to the entertainment business and moreover some great life values stay tuned First of all, thank you so much, Rajiv, for being on the show. It's great to have you for the time we have just, you know, uh, seen you on screen. And uh, I'm very fascinated with the concept, the talk shows. And you are someone I, I really go by. Okay, this is amazing, man. The time you you know accepted and you said so humbly, you said yes. So like yes, okay. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on Training Diary. Well, namaste. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to join you, Priya. So thank you namaste. for uh, talking to me today. Indeed. And uh, you know, uh, when came across with your life journey from having an engineer degree to getting into the business, corporate world, and finally landing into the comedy world, and much more to the life, I should say. So how that that journey, that decision making came across? So what does that seem like? What's your purpose behind the scene? Sure, I've been very lucky that, you know, I was able to choose what I wanted to do. I was growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio. My parents are from Punjab, so they came here in 19 early 1970s. And then, you know, this was in 2006. I had turned 30 years old. I figured, you know what, I had spent my whole life in Ohio. My parents had made this journey. Both of their dads were in the Indian Army, British Army. They had traveled and lived all over India. At least they'd been all over their country. I had traveled across the United States and around the world. I'd been to India, Australia, Hawaii, part of the United States, obviously England, a lot of different places, New Zealand, but I hadn't really lived anywhere else other than Ohio. So I figured, you know what? I'm 30, maybe a third of my life is already gone. I need to do something different. So I've been doing stand-up comedy on the side, and I figured, why not give it a shot? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of your, you know, somewhere you reflect that thing that you are an Indian soul, and coming across with your video that I am Indian, which was the popular hit on internet. and i think every indian ha- has seen it if if someone hasn't so they should go and watch it and that was one of the most positive patriotic video i should say or one of the most positive video on the uh, similar subject i've seen and i really love that like i can see that on loop so how did you came across with that idea or i should say how did you came across okay i should do something like that why You know, I appreciate that you're saying I'm an Indian soul because I think that that is true. You know, I have an Indian soul, a Hindu soul, and even though I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm very American. I'm very Americanized. You can hear it in my accent, and you can see it around my studio. I have a real tribute to Americana here. 
That said, you know, I had seen a video called I Am Canadian, and it was a Molson beer commercial, I think it was, on YouTube. And I thought it was so funny and so well done. Let's take something like that, keep the humor, and take it even a notch higher in terms of the pride and something like that. Later, I made an I Am American video, and I showed it to my friend Andy. He's born and brought up in Ohio. He's a white man. And he goes, I love your I Am American video. I'll tell you, it's not going to go quite as far as your I Am Indian video. And I said, why is that? Because I'm a brown guy. And people don't expect that from an Ohioan. He goes, that, yes. And he laughed. He also said it's probably more so that part of being American is beating our chests and talking about how we're the greatest in the world. That's in every pickup truck commercial that you've ever seen at the Super Bowl. He goes, your folks really had not had anything like that. You, you put it all in two minutes and 13 seconds, what it means to be an Indian. And he goes, I don't think I had seen that. I don't think your folks had seen that either. So that's why I think it resonated was taking everything at once and looking at it from a mind, heart and soul perspective and putting that into three paragraphs and then delivering it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And also, you know, you interview lots of South Indian people from the South Asian community on your show and, uh, you know, share their journeys, share their concepts, share their values. That's pretty inspiring. So I'm always fascinated with this community because, you know, I have grown up since we are from the world of internet. So just like we aspire the people from Bollywood, Indian leaders uh, from, you know, the people fr- from India who are living and doing great in USA or any other country, it's something really aspiring. So, so what are the challenges you might, you know, you came across, what are the similar challenges or advantages you came across with this community? I think that the advantages are numerous, right? I mean, a lot of what it takes to succeed anywhere is a balanced family life, a home life. And, you know, South Asians, our families fight just like any other communities does uh, do. But having said that, you know, I think there's a sense of we're going to stay together through all of this. We may fight, but we're still going to come back together. And that is really not the American way. People say one thing and they get touchy and they go their separate ways. That's not to say there aren't true friendships here. Of course there are. But I think that there's something about that sort of Desi soul that is, you know, allowed to fight, express yourself, all those kind of things and, and remain close. So I think that having that support from my family, the community, and I get hired to do a lot of charity gigs, a lot of corporate gigs within the community, birthday parties, whatever they are. And that's what has sustained me to keep me going because I perform a lot at the comedy clubs. The comedy clubs are fantastic. And that's where comedy is meant to be seen. It's like hanging up your art in a museum. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because that's the right lighting and the right setting and they have it so that you can actually display your, your painting. But where a lot of artists make their money is through, you know, the corporate gigs and charity gigs and things like that, where it's not just the money, but it's also just like the validation of your talent too. So mm-hmm. I think that that's really where, where the Desi community has come out and the South Asian community has come out to support me and I couldn't do it without them. Mm-hmm. Also, also they say that, you know, because you're from the world of the comedy, also they say that, you know, comedy is a serious business. So, you know, put out that one minute big joke or uh, that one punch line, it takes maybe a one hour, one month, one week, or I don't know how much time, how much experience you had came across to put that one line. So is it so? Like, I'm curious, you know, is it so like, or is it more spontaneous? It's like a talent a person is born with. What does that seem like? Well, it's both, right? I mean, talent is innate. It's congenital. It's something that you have from birth. And then skill is something you develop. So you take your talent and hopefully become skilled at it. And then it goes from there. Chris Rock, the comedian, had talked about way before he got slapped, talked about how, you know, when I get paid my big bucks, he goes, they go, wow, you're only doing 15 minutes. Uh, You know, why am I paying you this much for 15 minutes? And he goes, 
you're paying me for 15 minutes plus the 15 years that I've been doing mm -hmm. it, the 25 years I've been doing it, 35 years I've been doing it. You're paying for yeah. all of that experience, right? It's why you hire a surgeon or why you have a really good driver or whatever. It's just in the event that the road or the traffic goes awry or the surgery, the procedure goes awry. Most people probably can conduct surgery if somebody just taught them how to do it. I mean, some of the comedians have talked about this, including Chris Rock. It's probably not that hard to do routine surgery, but when it goes off the rails, and that's what you're hiring a comedian for, under good conditions, anybody can be funny. But when the crowd isn't paying attention or they're not listening or there's babies running across the floor or something else happens, you know, or someone before you isn't very funny, you got to pick it back up. That's why you need the professional. Mm -hmm. Also, also uh, being Rajiv Satyal, you shuffled from being an actor to comedian and multiple roles. So what is your favorite role to play? Like, where do you enjoy the most? And you're also a uh, host of talk show, a popular talk show. So where, where, which seat do you like to sit on? What does that seem like? Oh, would I rather be a guest or a host, you mean? I mean, so just, not just guest or a host. I think you're a comedian. You, you, you are someone, you know, who's standing in front of thousands or millions of mm. people, taking them mm. up. You're an actor who's living a, a, a role, who's living someone else's life. And maybe you're letting a business. You had done that role also. So what has been your favorite role? Where do you like, okay, this is the life I want to live more. I would say that most live performers will tell you there's nothing like being on a live stage, right? There, there's something about that. Even film and TV actors, when they've done Broadway, they will tell you that a lot of the time. They'll say, wow, there's something about that immediacy of the crowd and you're creating something together that there's, you know, that, that separation is an illusion and there's no them, there's no me. It's we're all in this together and there's a conversation and a dialogue, not just a monologue. I think that is an amazing feeling. That said, I mean, I think when you're recording something for film or TV and just the knowledge that it's mass distribution, that millions of people are going to see it, that is a different feeling. It may be not in the moment that you can capture it, but your awareness is certainly there. And then finally, when you're shooting a sketch or something that you've come up with on your own, so it could be a film, uh, that you've written and you're also directing it or it's a sketch. There is something about that day or those days where you are the person, right? So gender wise, I'm a man. So it's like, you're the man, right? Like you're the one who wrote this. You called everyone together. Maybe you've hired a director, but you're still the producer. You're financing it. You're the creator. You're as upstream as it gets. And in that case, like you're the, you're the drama of the whole thing, right? You're the creator of the whole thing. And so you really feel like for you, all day long, the crew, the cast, the actors, everybody, craft services knows that, oh, that's the person who created this, like why we're here today. And for those several hours, it's so much work. But that feeling of, wow, that's like the high of the stand-up stage that lasts for maybe an hour, hour and a half. That high, maybe not quite as high as being on stage, but you still have an audience there. And that lasts for, you know, 12 hours that day. That's a pretty unique feeling as well. Mm -hmm. Great. And also you being a talk show host, I think it takes lots of work. Uh, what we see on screen, it's just a conversation happening between two people, you know, they're just chit -chit chatting. But I know, you know, even being into the podcast, what it takes to, you know, uh, get the most vulnerable points from the people to get into that kind of conversation they have never, you know, done before. So how do you make sure to, that you are getting the best out from the people? How do you make sure about that? You know, that's a good question. I think that they have to just generally get the sense that you're sincere and that you're really actually asking and listening and having a conversation. I think it's fine to ask very good questions. And I think that's very important. And I, I believe that my, my podcast and my talk show live and die by the questions. But 
What the guests and the listeners and the viewers will tell you is that's not true. It's you. It's the reason that they're opening up to you specifically because you show a genuine interest in what they're saying. And I think that that's really what it is. If they feel like they're having a conversation that they're not going to get elsewhere, it is different. Otherwise, your questions have to be so unique that they have not been asked that before. I feel like my questions are unique. But at the end of the day, I do think that there's that connection that has to happen. And that's hard. You're not going to get there with everybody. I mean, it's just like anything else. You want to be friends. There's certain people with whom you want to be friends. They don't want to be friends with you. There's some people you want to ask out on a date. They're going to say no. So it's not every single time it's going to happen that way. Right. But, you know, as long as it's happening enough and and it's happening, maybe not over the course of the entire 80 or 90 minute conversation, but maybe there are those moments at least like, wow, 35 minutes of that was crap. But whoa, there was that moment, like you were saying, Priya, about the jokes that maybe you wrote 10 pages. There's that one little joke that came out you can put on TikTok that made it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Got it. And and it's hard, you know, you, you mentioned it very right. That it's not that easy to set that kind of connection, that kind of excitement, that energy, the vibe with everyone else. And especially when you're meeting with a person for the first time, and when the pandemic ha- happened, that everything ma- might be happening online. So even that become more hard. So I think it's a great, great skill to carry to, you know, to have that kind of connection, to build that kind of connection. With people. And I, I like you people for the same. Right, right. <laughs> and also, uh, just to make it more light, we'll put three quick questions. So you have to answer. Sure. No, take your time. Fast. Take your time. Uh, that there should be one liner or pretty quick. Okay. So, Yeah. One comedian you appreciate a lot. I say the comedian I still appreciate more than anyone else is Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. One talk show host you appreciate a lot. One talk show host I appreciate a lot is probably Johnny Carson. Before my time, certainly before yours, but any clips I've seen of him, there's a reason why he was considered to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. Most underrated joke that you have okay. I think that people the most under, underrated, underrated joke. Yeah. Like an underrated joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, that's a little bit harder. Okay. The most underrated joke. Um, okay. I'll just say this. The most underrated jokes I think are puns that you come up with in the moment. I will defend puns to the end. If you put them in your act, I think that's cheating because you had time to write them. But if you came up with them spontaneously, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> advice that you would love to give to people? Advice that you would love to give to people? piece of advice that I would give to people is self-awareness. Just try to get to know yourself as much as you possibly can. If, as long as you know yourself more and more, that's what's going to make you funnier. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, if your life would be a movie, what would you name it? What would be the name of it? Yeah. The name, of a, the name of a movie, if my life were a movie, would be called Life's a Joke. I think sometimes people worry if life's a test or what is it? I go, it's a joke. At the end of the day, if you enjoyed it, if we all laughed, then there was a point. Indeed. Don't take your life and yourself so seriously. I love that thing. Yeah. And uh, agree. totally agree. One thing that I'm always curious to know from my guests before ending this, what is the one trend that you would like to see more evolving in the new world? Or I should say one trend that you would love to see more embraced in the new era? I think understanding is the most important thing. They always say peace, love, and understanding. And people always say, yeah, peace and love and all that. And we do need more of those. But I think it all starts with understanding and just understanding where people are coming from. You don't have to agree, but, you know, Stephen Covey, the author, talked about it. Seek to understand before being understood. 
I think if we listened mm-hmm. a lot more, and if a talker, somebody gets paid to talk for a living, is telling people to listen, that should be worth something. You know what? This is something I came across maybe the third time on the show that you know this this capability to listen people is something commendable and not all of us are really into that. You know, hearing is versus listening is so much different. So listen to understand, listen to really empathize with on the other end. So it's it also takes a lots of effort and lots of empathy, I believe. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just watched an interview, uh, Charlie Rose, such as he is, was interviewing Ray Dalio, I think it's a couple of weeks ago. And I was listening to it and I kept thinking that it was the end because there were so many pauses. But what they were doing is they were listening to each other. And I was like, oh, you don't hear that much on a podcast, just silence because people are afraid that you're going to change the channel. With a podcast, they don't change the channel. They just look and see. And so they will adjust to your pacing if you slow it down or if there pauses it means that they were actually listening to each other and i was like oh that's what listening sounds like you don't hear that much in society anymore mm-hmm. and th- that's the reason one of the you know I, I as i mentioned that i'm really big fan of the talk show host i am I'm, I'm, I'm in love of oprah winfrey i think she's one of the amazing lady i've you know grown up watching her videos watching people chatting around and i think that really comes from okay this lady is commendable <laughs> so yeah Absolutely. Oh, no. Oprah Winfrey had an ability and still has an ability to pull things out of people, even with the, uh, the Megan interview that she just did. And Harry, I think that you know, she still has the ability to, to get things out of people that otherwise uh, they would not say. Indeed. And I think that's it. Thank you so much, Rajiv. It's wonderful, wonderful to have you and chat about, you know, your work life and uh, in the talk show in general, your skills. Amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Priya. Thank you so much for having me. Namaste. Really appreciate your time today. And it was just really, really great. Thanks for staying up late. I know with the uh, new dad life I have, I, it's sometimes hard to rally and get ready. So that's it's that. nothing to be in chat and conversation with you. Even if it's, you say, Priya, have it at 1 a.m., I would be there, believe me. <laughs> so I was that excited. Oh, thank you. On this conversation. So, no worries. Thank you so much, Rajiv. Bye. Thanks a lot, Priya. Thank you. Hey beautiful people, thank you so much for listening. I hope you get some value today. And if you have some idea, concept, or story to share, do DM me at the Instagram page of Training Tyree. And and like if you are in India, do not forget to like this podcast, follow it, and download this episode. Meanwhile, stay Indian, stay lovely, stay funny, make people laugh, spread peace, love, joy all around you. I'll see you soon in the next episode. Till then, stay tuned and God bless us all.